Hello Internet, my name's Jonathan Cook and I'm here with my esteemed colleague Matthew Noble of uh, the... It's uh, Matt Noble. Matt Noble. But anyway. Of the Noble Truth trendy. fame. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you follow me on that. Hopefully uh, you do. How are you today, Matt? I'm very good. We've just come back from Cars 2. And Indeed we have. What a movie... I've got opinions. Do you have opinions? It it was a movie. Definitely was a movie. Yep. And it's causing a bit like... Pixar has been a great studio for movies. Uh, they've done... This is their 12th movie. They've done a lot. And I guess with Cars 2, a lot of the sharks were circling, saying Pixar may have their first flop. So I guess today we're going we're gonna to come to the conclusion whether this is Pixar's first flop. Yeah, we'll be answering that question. And it's an important question to answer because... If this film is a flop, it does sort of invalidate all their previous success. No doubt. Yeah. So a lot of a lot is hanging on sort of uh, the answer, our answer mm. to that question. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through the uh, the history of Pixar films um, from the beginning, and we're going to try and rank them, and uh, hopefully in the end we'll uh, be able to see where Cars Two comes comes in that list. Could be interesting. <laughs> Could be number one. <laughs> <laughs> Could, could be the best Pixar movie of all time, but we'll that's wait. what I'm predicting. We'll, we'll go through the chronologically though, so you'll have to wait to see where we where we put Cars to. Um, Spoiler: It's number one. Now you helped come up with the process for how we're going to be uh, going through these, Jonathan. Um, do you want to run us through that? Just quickly explain explain the process. Uh, we're going to just talk a little bit about each film, uh, our thoughts on it, and then we're gonna we're gonna uh, sort of say what position we sort of think it comes. Uh, in the history of the Pixar films, whether it's sort of high, middle, or low, so we've got three categories. Three categories, yeah. And uh, from in there, we'll try and we'll try and rank them against those other films that we come in the categories. And at the end, um, uh, compare sort of the categories to each other. Just make sure we've got all of those uh, the initial rankings right, and uh, give you an overall uh, ranking of all of the Pixar films. Yeah, and it's very official because we've got a sheet of paper. We'll yeah. be writing these on as we go through them. I wish the audience could see the piece of paper. <laughs> I am holding it up in front of the computer, but I just there's realized, no ca- there's no camera on the computer. This isn't a video, so uh, but we like you can probably hear me waving the sound. That. The sound uh, of proof. It's not lined paper. No, I didn't have any lined paper. I couldn't. Uh, it's just plain it's free form. paper. We're but, artistic, but we could. Uh, we'll still keep a track of it all. That well, let's get stuck into it. Uh, cast your memory back, Jonathan. To the year 1995, when the first Pixar feature film came out, Toy Story. I uh, would have been five years old, six years old. I can't remember when I was born. Probably a bit older, I would imagine. But anyway, it's beside the point. We don't want people knowing our birth years. (laughs) (laughs) They'll track us down with that vague information. Identity theft, big issue. But, um, yeah, so... Toy Story, the first Pixar film, Toy Story. I love this film when I saw it. It was my, it was my favorite movie. I favorite saw it movie like time. three or four times. I just couldn't believe that the people were three D. And you were you were a cinema buff that early on. In yeah, your... yeah. No, overtook Aladdin or Lion King or whatever my favorite film was before then. Um, yeah, no, very good. Uh, have you seen it more recently? Do you have any more adult opinions Look, on the film? Is it the best Pixar film of all time? No. We, we don't really have anything on the board yet. So no matter where we rank it, so far it'll be number one. <laughs> um, I, I think that it perhaps... Something that makes it great is that it was the first one. Indeed. Uh, uh, it, 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 they probably didn't have all the creases ironed out of, of a pic, great Pixar film at that point. No, it certainly didn't have the, the history to live up to or anything like that. Mm. Um, for me, this is a classic film, just, you know, to infinity and beyond, uh, you've got a friend in me, all of these things are memorable, uh, childhood memories. The core. Memories generally are memorable. That was a very good, um, skill tester machine. (laughs) I've, I've never seen a skill tester machine that big. In my life. That's what I got out of the film. Yeah. I, I got out of the film and couldn't stop talking about the skill tester machine. It was unbelievable. I, I don't have a toy Woody in my bedroom. I just have a replica skill tester machine. Yeah. 
So where would you rank this? Are you are you considering this middle high? What's your opinions on, on oh, Toy Story? Like it broke so much ground. It broke so much ground. Toy Story movie, and it's a great buddy sort of great movie. voice cast. Great Tim Allen, love him from Home yeah. Improvement. There's some other Oscar winner in it. Um, <laughs> Tom Hanks, I think. Uh, I, I'd say middle. I'd say middle, perhaps a Toy Story. Really, I was thinking high for this. Okay. Um, we'll go with we'll go with middle, and hopefully, I'll be able to. Uh, Perhaps nudge you up towards the higher end of the middle. Are you sure? Are you sure with Middle for Toy Story? I'm happy. Um, okay. I'll put it. I'll put it. I'm there. happy with Middle for now. Okay, it's written. All right, that's official. You took up yeah. a lot of the page with that. <laughs> Didn't leave much room for editing. <laughs> there might be a break where we have to go get more paper. <laughs> we'll edit that out. So don't stress. All right. Yeah. So the second film uh, released by Pixar is uh, A Bug's Life uh, in 1998. So a bit of a bit of a gap between films, mm. not to be confused with Ants, yes. which also came out that year. I'm feeling that could be an issue throughout mm. this podcast. Um, perhaps yeah. some of the viewers can point out, yeah, which comments actually refer to Ants because I'm not sure I know or you. <laughs> so know. you haven't watched them in a while. I yeah. This the, film is also directed by John Lasseter, Toy Story. John it also Lasseter. could be a common theme about there being a very uh, similar DreamWorks film <laughs> being released the same year <laughs> as as whatever the Pixar one is. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. This is one of the films I haven't seen particularly recently. Um, it's about an ant, um, not the ant from Ants, but a blue ant. And he's sort of a bit of a misfit and gets him into a bit of trouble. So he leaves to find an army that can help kill evil grasshoppers. And then, like, he's in love with the princess as well, no doubt. And he brings back a bunch of circus performers that he thinks are warriors and, like, comedy, mayhem, and and drama ensue. Probably more appropriate for the podcast where we just <laughs> recount Pixar films. But uh, I like... said you didn't know. <laughs> I think no, thank you for jogging my memory. That this was, is going to be a lot of ants, bugs, life confusion. I thought I would clear this up. We're not going to be making regular together. I have a feeling that your ants recollection would be quite similar. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, bugs life. I do remember that I enjoyed this film when I was young, and I did watch it several times, albeit not particularly recently. I felt this one was aimed a little bit more towards children. I don't remember ha- having as much adult humour. I felt the story was a little bit, uh, a little bit, you know, or the underdog goes to enlist help of someone else and they're equally goofy and quirky and together they overcome some kind of adversity. I, it didn't have as big an impact. They did have the ladybug that, uh, that, that was a man and sort of dealing with issues of... Uh... Uh, gender identity and sort of uh, that sort of thing. Uh, that's how the English teachers interpreted it. <laughs> um, I'm I'm considering this low. This is a low one for me. I'm not not a not a large fan of I, a Bug's Life. I think it's fun. I, I I like it. I would have probably said middle, but I'm happy to go low for you. I uh, I have a feeling that we're just going to end up compromising on most of them and just having a rather large middle section. But no, nah, he's caved. He's putting he's putting a bug's life low. Third film. Mm. Oh, back to uh, Toy Story two. Back to Toy Story. I enjoy Toy Story. I'm a big fan of the Toy Story series. Um, Kelsey Grammer joins the gang from from Frasier as the prospector, the evil prospector. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess we're going high then, because of Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> so Toy Story 2, I, I can't... Perhaps you'd like to judge my memory on the story of Toy Story 2. <laughs> no, I think we're right. <laughs> I think everyone knows the story. Um, I don't, For me, just it was a bit cheesier. There was a lot... It, the jokes didn't hit as well. Uh, re- recall, recalling from my YouTube trailering, uh, a lot more kind of um, uh, product references and uh, things that I that I... Just didn't enjoy as much. Yeah, like, there was a period when I thought I actually preferred Toy Story 2, uh, to be honest, than the original Toy Story. The two years you're on crack. <laughs> no, I, I just thought that I liked what they did with Buzz and the Emperor Zerg thing. I thought that was quite amusing, and um, I just thought it was maybe a bit more exciting, the action. But uh, definitely in retrospect, 
not as good. Not as good as the original. I, I would agree with that. Well, I had Toy Story as high and was prepared to put Toy Story 2 as middle, but now that we've put Toy Story 2 in middle, I'm thinking Toy Story 2 could even be low. Uh, where would you be inclined to place Toy Story 2? Oh, I'd probably say middle. I don't think the gap between Toy Story 1 and Toy Story 2 is that big. All right, so we're going middle. Um, the only the only film in, in middle is Toy Story. So are we putting Toy Story 2 above or below Toy Story? Well, I think we both agree below. Just trying to create a bit of drama. Okay. All right, next film. Uh, fourth film, Monsters, Inc. Let's go through that door. I like that. I <laughs> If you've seen Monsters, Inc., that was good. Uh, if you haven't seen the Pixar movies, spoiler alert. Spoiler just, alert. Just, there's a door. Yeah, there's some doors people go through. And there's going to be more... Just Can we do a spoiler alert that covers spoilers from all Pixar movies just now for our listeners? Yes, well, perhaps not try to spoil Cars 2 too much because yeah, that's quite, want to see that, it's quite the, new. The old ones. But older films, yes. Yeah. Uh, I think the statute of limitations has expired on Monsters, Inc. spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> So this is the first Pixar film not to be directed by John Lasseter. I think it's Pete Doctor mm-hmm. um, took control of this one. And what I'm looking at it now, like John Lasseter, like the first one he did on his own, then he did it with one other person, then Toy Story Two he did with two other people. It looked like he was uh, increasingly lazy. Yeah, <laughs> and now the, the monster thing he didn't even turn up. <laughs> so nothing against John Lasseter, great director, but. Uh, <laughs> Take that, international star. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of Monsters, Inc. I thought the uh, the writing on this was very sharp. Uh, I love the voice talent, uh, Billy Crystal and John Goodman. In the, I loved it. I did get that Billy right. Crystal. That was the two. Yeah, no, Billy yep. Crystal is gold. His Mike Wazowski, classic. Put that thing back where it came from also helped me. Another great, great moment. The kid, uh, Boo, I found Boo genuinely, Boo. she was very cute. Adorable, adorable. I like that it had the great comedy with the Mike Wazowski character and great slapstick with the monsters, but also that nice sort of touching story with uh, Sully and Boo. I've got a criticism, though. (laughs) Here we go, here we go. (laughs) I thought it was a little lame, the story, that if you scream, like, it was kids' laughter that ended up powering the station at the end. For me, that worked. It worked, it it worked, but it was a bit corny. It was uh, a bit corny. Yes, but I mean, I think it's a little bit of a... I think it was actually a slightly edgy topic to begin with for a kid's film. Like, okay. it being powered, the city being powered by children's screams. Like, mm-hmm. making children's screams, like, scaring them was uh, perhaps quite a confronting part of the story. And then for them to reverse into children's laughter at the end, to me, sort of fit the story and fit the the marketing and who it was actually be targeted at. Yeah, you're right. You are right. And it is one of my favourites, Monsters, Inc. But uh, Shrek beat it at the Oscars. This is a sore spot for me. I'll <laughs> <laughs> um, be in our following podcast, just rubbishing DreamWorks films. <laughs> uh, I love Shrek the first time I saw it. But man, there is no jokes you don't miss the first time in that movie. <laughs> Um, so for me, I think Monsters, Inc., perhaps there were one or two weak parts in the story, but for me, it's possibly the funniest. For me, this is high. I'm yeah, prepared very to put this high, in the first Very high. high. I agree. I agree. Very high for me. I'm quite surprised that we both instantly agree that just Monsters, Inc. is better than, than Toy Story. Yeah. But, uh... It's funnier. It's I think it's funnier. funnier. <laughs> True. There's more, more comedy in Monsters, Inc. Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo, the fifth film... Uh, in the Pixar series, came out in 2003, directed by Andrew Stanton. Same, I, I think same year as uh, Shark Tale from DreamWorks. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't you be disappointed if you were the kid that, like, your parents didn't understand the difference between the films, and, like, for Christmas you got the Shark Tale toys <laughs> instead of Finding Nemo? Nightmare. Absolute nightmare. I, I actually saw Finding Nemo twice within the space of a week. <laughs> did it did it stand up the test of time? I think it did. I saw it I saw it in the city. I actually this is such a boring story. <laughs> There's no way I'm finishing this story. <laughs> I like that, you can just cut off your own story. It's as boring as anyway, what do you think of Finding Nemo, Jonathan? I haven't this is 
I've seen most of these films recently. Finding Nemo is, is not one of them. I do remember watching it on a plane. Optimal film watching conditions. I didn't particularly enjoy Finding Nemo. I don't consider it to be one of my favourites. Um, get out of town. Well, for me, here we go. There's, I think the moral of the story is that you can overcome a handicap if you have a funny name. For me, there was a large... <laughs> Large portions of just story or, uh, you know, comedy that was just kind of left out of the film and replaced by them saying Nemo a lot. Like, here's here's where I'm thinking, oh, here's going to be a good plot twist, and then it was just Nemo, Nemo, Nemo. And I got a little tired of that by the end of the film. Mm. Yeah. What was the handicap? It's Little Finn. Oh, the Little Finn. I thought you were talking about that bluefish, Dory, that... I uh, didn't remember anything. <laughs> like short-term memory <laughs> loss. Or was it long-term? It was memory loss of some variety. Um, I think it was. I think the, the main handicap of that character was Ellen DeGeneres. Ah, she was great at that. <laughs> she was, let's let's not touch Ellen. Let's not back off Ellen DeGeneres. Oh, well, <laughs> Ellen DeGeneres is is above being attacked. <laughs> I feel like she's got a large. What with fan her base. body of work, <laughs> I think she's got a large fan base, and I don't want to get them angry. We wouldn't want to offend the the gay and lesbian community or the gay and lesbian friendly community. <laughs> just, just a lot of people like the, her show, uh, Ellen. She dances, and I think like, <laughs> she chews up a good sort of fifteen percent of her show by dancing. Yeah. Anyway, Finding Nemo. Let's get back to Finding Nemo. <laughs> It, I think I think Finding Nemo is a good movie. I think you got the story of Nemo in the fish tank, and then you got the story of Nemo's dad and his sort of like female friend that he just met looking for him. And I think that's sort of like you got these two different, very different stories, and I like how they sort of weave them together. For me, it just lacked uh, just comedy. It it the I think the messages were a little uh, just you know, two on the nose with, you know, the handicap and all environmental issues. And What's the handicap? You keep on going to this handicap. I don't know if the handicap's that big a deal. Like, how does this hinder Nemo at all in the movie? I'm, I, I, I'm fairly sure they refer to his, his little fin yeah. a lot. I think he just swims in the circles. Cause does he? But he doesn't time. just swim in circles all the time. Like, that's what you would think. That's my recollection of the film. Yeah. Just a little fish swimming in a circle because he's got a little fin and people just saying Nemo, Nemo the whole time. I don't think he does just swim in a circle, though. We'd have to go back, but I, I think that's what scientifically should happen. Like, if, <laughs> if I cut off someone's arm and then throw them in the water and they just they'll use just one arm to, be swim, able to go in they'll circles. only be able to go in circles. Or Fact. I, yeah, I guess a better scenario would be if you're in a rowboat. And you've only got one oar, and you're only oaring on one side of the boat. It will just go in circles, but I don't think that happens with Nemo. So what you're saying to me is that you're questioning the scientific accuracy of finding Nemo. Yes. So yes. we're in agreement. There's just just another just I, another I, bullet point I, on the list of faults with Finding Nemo, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, mate, like it might be a fault, but I, I think no film is perfect. I think Finding Nemo is pretty good. I, I think it's a good adventure. Lots of quirky characters they meet along the way. The surfer. Uh, tortoise or turtle. I think we're spending too much time on not really remembering Finding Nemo very well. <laughs> I'm going to cut to the chase. For me, this is low. This is very low. Disaster. I think it's high. I, I would put Finding Nemo in the upper echelon. Okay. Well, I guess we're we'll going to have to go medium. We're going to have we're to gonna go medium. So in middle, we have Toy Story and Toy Story 2. And Finding Nemo. I am not prepared to put Finding Nemo ahead of Toy Story. I think it's going to have to go in between then. Because I am not... I personally think it's below life. Toy Story 2, but I wouldn't fight you over it. Let's keep it in between the Toy Story. Okay, it's going now. in between. I'm not having it's, it. It's a great adventure movie. Uh, it's got an adventure that I think that one's like. Okay, so... Except none of those things. <laughs> Sixth film, released by Pixar. Uh, the Incredibles, the Incredibles, released in 2004. First, first Pixar film to be directed and written by Brad Bird. Um, mm. that'll be some responsibility. And, and he did the voice for Edna. So he really, a man of many hats for this film, but not many of the Incredibles War hats. 
<laughs> that would have been a better analogy. Man of many abilities. Many suits. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, Jonathan? I saw the uh, Incredibles with a, with a friend in high school. It was a bit of a mandate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that just shows that I, from the previews and the trailers, that you could expect this to be a film that would uh, appeal to older people as well. As of all the Pixar films, they appeal to not just children, but particularly The Incredibles, I felt worked for an older crowd. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. I think um, I enjoyed most of the characters. I particularly remember Samuel L. Jackson. Frozone. Yeah, Frozone. I'm Frozone. Yeah. Generic black voice. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Um, the catchphrase. <laughs> just, <laughs> Where is my super suit? Yeah. I, I, the only thing I, could, I couldn't remember anything you said, so I just went, I'm Frozo. <laughs> anyway. People just say their own names a lot. <laughs> well, if you, people don't know your name, that's a good way to let them know. The Incredibles. Um, how did you feel about this film? I really liked it. I thought it was great. Family dealing with superpowers, always interesting. Uh, but I, I didn't love it. Like it didn't really connect with me on the top level. I thought I thought it was good. I really liked it. But... It was it was fast paced. It was entertaining. I don't think it subverted too many super of this superhero genre expectations or cliches. No. Yeah, I would. I'm I'm inclined to put this towards the middle of the Pixar films. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I thought it was oh. very good, but not amazing. Not that we're sitting out on the fence, uh, four out of six films in, yeah. but we've agreed to put this in the middle. Yeah. Uh, uh, how would you rank this against Toy Story, Finding Nemo, and Toy Story 2? I'd probably put it in between Finding Nemo and Toy Story 2. I was going to say <laughs> ahead of Finding Nemo behind Toy Story. I have a hard time placing The Incredibles behind Finding Nemo. Yeah, like... Fighting Nemo, I think, is one of the best. But if you really want to go there and put Incredibles about Fighting Nemo, we can do it for now. My, I am, it's not so much my passion for the Incredibles as lack of passion for Finding Nemo. Yeah. So I'm not overly fussed as to where the Incredibles come. Should we put them next to each other for now? That really would be fence-sitting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm prepared to lose this battle. <laughs> In, I'm going to save my energy oh for, my gosh. for battles later on. <laughs> I'm prepared to put this below Finding Nemo if you feel so inclined. Okay, okay, we'll do it. I'm very concerned now. That, uh, <laughs> You're going to have to cave on some serious <laughs> placements later on. Yeah, I feel I feel like the, the person who sold his soul to the I think I'm, I think I'm just storing up a lot of credit so I can get Cars 2 to be number one. Let's move on to... Oh... Very topical. Indeed. The original Cars. Yep, came out in 2006. We're back with John Lasseter. He's taken yeah. a bit of a hiatus. His first first film in seven years since Toy Story 2. So he's really been putting a lot of energy into Cars, hasn't he? While all these other movies have been sort of getting done. Yeah, his masterpiece. Now, this is probably the... If you'd said before this year that Pixar had had a perfect record with films... There'd be a couple of people who would go, other than Cars. Some people wouldn't really count it, sort of view Cars as the lesser Pixar film. Um, I would agree with that. I think if you if you look at the Metacritic scores, which we have available to us, thanks yeah. to the wonders of technology, it is the lowest uh, yeah. ranked film. It's, it's got a score of 73, so not poor by any means, mm. but you can see the, the general averages are in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. Um, I'll talk about some of the positives of Cars. I yes. think it looked stunning. Mm. I, I watched this recently on Blu-ray, uh, and it looked fantastic in high definition. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a fan of some of the, the voice talent, Owen Wilson and Paul Newman. Yes. Paul Newman's last ever movie. One of the greats of all time. I unfortunately was let down by his role a little bit. I felt like the Doctor was a little bit uh, two-dimensional in this in this film. Uh, it was it was fast-paced, a lot of good action. Uh, I think a little... Uh, some of the the morals were a bit uh, ham-fisted. The, the uh, interstate going past Route 66 and 
you know, now no one comes by the town and they played some awfully overly dramatic music to make sure the kids <laughs> understood that this was a bad thing and you're supposed to appreciate these cultural... And, and the song, uh, that was the song that got nominated from the Oscars that year, um, as opposed to the Sheryl Crow exciting song that was much better. Um, Sheryl Crow snubbed, as usual. Yeah. I, I, I went into this uh, watching Cars expecting it to be significantly below the uh, other Pixar films, and while it, it definitely isn't one of my favourites, I think it, it held its own. When I look at a Pixar film, I'm looking for a film that like gives me just this new world to escape into, you know? And I think all the films are quite good, other than the sequels, obviously, at creating a new world. And I think Cars did that. I think they, they really were able to capture the sort of auto, sort of automobile car culture of Americana and sort of create a very different feel to the other Pixar films. I think that was very good. I think there were a lot of little details, such as... Uh... The little the flies that were around the place that were cars as well. Mm. Those that was quite funny. Just the little details. I think they got right in this and film. The petrol station uh, that that he goes to at the beginning of the movie is the same chain of petrol stations as as Andy goes to in Toy Story. Pixar have been good with that. Little... They're very good with those little crossovers. Uh, where are you inclined to place Cars? I, like I think I think people give it a bit of a raw deal when they say oh, it's not in the same league as the other Pixar movies. But it still probably was their worst movie. So I, I would say low. I would be inclined to say low as well. Uh, but agreeing with you that it did hold its own. Yeah. I, I think it definitely fits. It's it's not the black sheep of the family. Um, no. There are some issues with cars, As though. could become known, it will be referred to as the cars of the family. <laughs> well, uh, the one issue, though, is why why do the cars have doors? Like, who goes in I the I think cars? if we go into it, you'd find there are a number of logical flaws in the film Cars. Yes. Not, I, I, not to be dwelled on too long this world, in a podcast. Yeah, this world of Cars was a little... It had its limitations, Cars, didn't it? Uh, my disbelief was thoroughly suspended throughout this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, we're, we're agreed it's low. We're agreed it's low. How does it compare to A Bug's Life? I don't think as good as A Bug's Life. I I think it could contend with A Bug's Life, but no, I wouldn't. I think Bug's Life was funnier. You've got the circus animals, uh, circus bugs. Uh, yes, I'd be prepared yeah. to put cars below A Bug's Life. Yeah. But yeah, probably the gap is not as big as some would, some would claim. Moving on. Ratatouille. Ratatouille. Now, we, we didn't discuss our opinions... Uh, on these films beforehand, this is this is raw debate you're listening to, but I I, I have come across you being a bit of a fan of Ratatouille. I like Ratatouille. It is probably one of the most divisive Pixar films among the general public. All the critics loved it, but depending on who you speak to on the street, and as you know, I'm always down on the street. A man of the people. people. Yeah, man of the people. This one divides people. Some people hate it. Some people love it. So I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Back to Brad Bird again. Uh, yep. from The Incredibles. I'm, I was... I only watched Ratatouille fairly recently, and I, I wasn't that excited to watch it. I thought the character design was a little strange for me, whatever about the... It, it didn't appeal to me. Uh, I hadn't heard too much about it. It seemed seemed a bit off compared to the rest of the Pixar Pixar family. But I enjoy this film a lot. I thought this this film was, was very clever. Perhaps could have done better than it did if it was released now in amongst the MasterChef... All those shows kind of rage. Um, it was really ahead of its time. <laughs> ahead of the, uh, the the television food show craze. Yeah. Um, I think there were there were a lot of clever clever jokes in this. I like some of the the, the visual design in not in terms of the characters, but in terms of uh, when he when he try Remy tries to describe the flavors mm-hmm. uh, and when you mix the. Yeah the cheese and the grape and the... I thought that was quite good. And the, the ghost of um, Gusto, I enjoyed. I enjoyed him a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking middle, maybe even middle to high for Ratatouille. Mm-hmm. I think Ratatouille is very good and very different to all the other Pixar films. Uh, I haven't seen it in a couple of years. Do, does the rat talk to people? Uh, the rat... Seemingly speaks English, uh, but cannot speak loud enough for humans to hear. 
So although okay. he understands when humans speak English to the rat, he cannot speak back because when he speaks, it's just little... Now, this is a very good point that you've just raised. The rat speaks English. Everyone in this movie speaks English. Where is it set? Paris. I'm not sure if uh, in Paris you would find a kitchen where everyone speaks English. And not just they can speak English, but they only speak English. Well, as is my understanding on other countries from film, everyone speaks English, but just in different accents. So if I were to go to Russia, Russians speak English just in a Russian accent. Yeah. Usually the lead character will have less of an accent than the other characters. <laughs> like, I feel like the Linguini has the least French accent out of everyone in Ratatouille. Like, he's the American guy. He's, like, the guy you can identify with. And everyone else is the sort of... They speak English, but they sort of have French accents. I think I've forgotten his name. The uh, the comedian who does the voice of Remy is quite American, but his... He had seemingly had a good knowledge and pronunciation of a lot of the mm. the foods and ingredients and that kind of thing. He, he acted did his research. I believed I believed his his knowledge of food, so mm. it perhaps seems less noticeable in his yeah. character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, for me, I'm thinking middle, but perhaps towards the higher end of middle. And some people had a real issue with this movie. What were the with, issues they with had? The pulling the hair, making him know how to cook. I didn't have that issue, but some people had that issue. I think if you're going to talk realism with the film, talking rat is where you should <laughs> is where you should start. Less about the the physics of being able to control someone's arms and legs like a puppet by pulling their hair. I think we've already established within the first few moments of the film that this is surreal. This yeah. this was not a problem. This for me. is surreal, yes, and I think people need to understand that because I think people were were hey, but you know you're pulling the hair. Okay, that might make him move the arm, but how's he going to know exactly the right quantities and what like what direction and stuff like that? No, I, I bought that. So this is a movie where, for all intents and purposes, the roots of the hair go through the head, down through the arms, and are attached to the fingers. Unlike Finding Nemo, I am satisfied with the science used in Ratatouille. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I think that works, and... Uh, I would say perhaps your, the one complaint would be that Remy picked this up very quickly. I think they did a montage to, do, to demonstrate that he messed it up at first and it took yeah. however long to... I thought it was dealt with fine. Yeah, but for someone who has attempted to do string puppetry and has tried my hands at string puppetry, it's not as easy. Like, it does take a while to master... Especially when you're trying to make... Like, I haven't tried gone this far, but try to make complicated I just put it down to movie, movie magic. It is a movie magic issue. But I... I so what were you saying? You say you thought low, high, high, middle? Is that what you're saying? I think we've created a bit of a, a ceiling by having Toy Story in middle. Because for me, there aren't going to be too many films I'm prepared to put above Toy Story. I would I have, would have this okay, above all the films okay, that we have okay, so okay. far. Let's move Toy Story up to high. I'm crossing <laughs> out. Let's move Toy Story up to high to avoid this this ceiling. Um, and let's... Okay, where do you want Ratatouille? I would place it at the top of middle. Okay. I, 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 I can do that. Okay, I, I can do that. That that's good. Just to so, go over the list for the those who cannot yeah. see the paper, no matter how much we wave it in front of the computer. In high, Monsters Inc. and Toy Story, middle, Ratatouille, Finding Nemo, The Incredibles, and Toy Story Two, and low, A Bug's Life, and Cars. In order. Okay. Uh, now, Wally. Wally, the ninth film released by Pixar, two thousand eight. We're uh, back with our good friend Andrew Stanton. This created a lot of buzz, I think, Wally. It was, I think, quite different from any of the Pixar films to date. Uh, The opening uh, 20, 30 minutes blew, I think, blew most people away. Yeah. Uh, I think they had Roger Deakins involved in this. I think, yeah, he popped in. (laughs) Just just to sprinkle a bit of Deakins magic (laughs) around the cinematography. (laughs) I I was I was thoroughly hyperbolic adjective inserted here with the first 20 30 minutes of that film and then I felt after that it was just a fairly standard kids yeah. chase robot movie. First 30 minutes of that film 
No dialogue. Yes, that was amazing. For me, the uh, this suffered a little bit from the Finding Nemo problem of the repetition of characters' names, like Wally, Wally, Evie. It, it got a little bit much for well, me. Well, that's all they could say. That doesn't really. That doesn't. It it may have applied to that. May have made the logic was sound within the film, but it was still irritating. I don't. I'm not saying it wasn't logical. I just found that repetition annoying on the ear. Oh man, I've got a book that makes that noise when you press the button. <laughs> go get it, please. <laughs> okay. Oh well, can you just? I didn't think you were actually going to go. He's he's gone. He's left the chair. <laughs> The, the paper is unguarded. <laughs> Finding Nemo will be dropping rapidly by Matt's return. Just got a little time to talk on my own. Just finished a Golden Valley orange juice uh, with pulp, obviously. Let me just read some of the stats for you. Protein, 4.0 grams per serving. Matt's back. Yeah. Which I'm happy I just realised we could have easily YouTubed this sound effect. <laughs> Without having to worry about, but anyway, here we this go. looks like a collector's edition. It's still in its wrapping. <laughs> Someone got it for my birthday, and like, when have I ever fan. needed to read a children's Wally <laughs> book? <laughs> so that's what annoys you. Yes, I mean, if you were to hit that, if you were to hit that another, you know, hundred and forty times over the next ninety minutes, I would. I'm going to press it. Whenever I disagree with you on an opinion. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, Wally, uh, I agree. The, 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 they coast a bit after after the first 30 minutes. Uh, is that enough, though, to put that into the upper echelon of Pixar films? It's not bad after the first 30 minutes. No, that is, that is important that we don't just write off the last... I thought the worst hour. bit was when... You uh, when you thought Wally was dead, and then then Eve, what does she do? She comes up to him and he's then alive or something. Yeah, it found it. It seemed a little manipulative. That was to from me. like that. That was taken right out of the playbook of the Return of Jafar, the Aladdin sequel. And I thought they did that in the Return of Jafar. Which wasn't even a cinematic release. That was a straight-to-DVD release, or VHS back then. So that took a bit of points off it for me. Everyone in the know knows that that is where you should be stealing your ideas from, though. If you're going to steal from somewhere, you should be stealing from The Return of Jafar. It wasn't a bad sequel. I did enjoy The Return of Jafar. Uh, I'd put it high. I am. I am thinking this is in around the Ratatouille sort of area. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Are you thinking above or below Ratatouille? I'd probably put it above Ratatouille. See, even though we've moved it to high, we still have this sort of ceiling problem for me. Of I'm not inclined to put too much above Toy Story. I'm happy to put it. I don't really mind whether it's in middle or high. Yeah. But I, I agree above Ratatouille, below Toy Story. Okay, uh, I don't really care either. Maybe Let's some... balance out the numbers, we'll put it in high. Yeah. Okay. okay. Moving on to the 10th Pixar film, Up, uh, at least in 09. Which is the first Pixar film ever to get nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars. Do you think that was uh, representative of the film or more of a lifetime achievement sort of for Pixar films in general? Because people have been crying for this for a long time. I, I think it was completely due to the Academy saying that that year they were going to nominate ten movies. <laughs> so pretty much anyone that showed up got a nomination. I'd say that would be the number one reason. Uh, but I, I think it's a bit of both. I think the movie was uh, probably the best-reviewed movie of the year behind the Hurt Locker, and it did really well at the box office. But I think also the goodwill from Pixar over, over eight uh, great films, I think, helped, you know, I think they were all factors. For me, I think this suffered from a little bit of a Wally syndrome, is it? and it peaked quite early. The, uh, the three-minute montage at the start was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I think you have a great premise in the, yeah. the house uh, travelling around by its balloons. I think towards... I think the script was a little rushed towards the end... I think with the plane fighting, talking dogs, it seemed it seemed like it lost its sort of charm. It seemed a little bit more of a generic, uh, silly kids movie. Okay, okay, I'm going to stop you right there. 
I've heard this criticism. I did borrow it from The Return of the Jafar. It's, yeah. it's not original criticism. Yeah. Yes. I <laughs> I think... I think that my thing... I've heard this criticism a lot about, about uh, peaks in the first ten minutes. Definitely the first ten minutes of the film is the best part of the film. I definitely agree with that. But I think the fact that it changes the type of film it is a couple of times throughout the film makes it a stronger film because it, it's covering more bases. I think you've got this great emotional romantic love story. You've got a fun adventure. You've got um, a comedy, a great comedy film. You have, a, and then at the end, you've got this great action sort of fun stuff. I think it's like, it's a lot. Of, it reminds me of all the old types of great movies. Like, it did cover a lot of bases, but I think the comedy sort of fell flat towards the end. The, the dog and the bird were funny initially, but towards the end, I found it was less effective. The, the initial banter between the old man and the child was, I think that peaked early as well. For me, it just. Although it did cover those bases, it did them better in the first half of the film. <sighs> it definitely did it better in the first half of the film, no doubt. It does get a bit worse. But I think that the end of the film is good too. I, th- I think that's good. And it in some ways makes it a better film because it gives you something different. It gives you that big action sequence on the blimp with shooting dogs and stuff like that. And it's less funny, but I think it's, it's good. It's exciting. I'm I'm thinking middle. Um, I'm thinking below Ratatouille, above Finding Nemo is my initial reaction. I'm thinking high. How high? Um, it could be my favourite Pixar movie. <laughs> I need I need a, I need a silly button to push. <laughs> <laughs> We've been saying about the scientific accuracy of these films. <laughs> The National Geographic earlier this year, I think, tested the up, put balloons on a house, and it flew. So I think the science is sound. Science is sound on up. Ergo facto, ahead of Monsters Inc. That's yeah. what you're saying. To be fair, to be fair, I don't think it was a real house. <laughs> I think it was like a, 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 a. There was nothing inside the house. It was just sort of a, a four bits of wood, pretty much. <laughs> nailed together and I think the balloons weren't your regular balloons they were like special weather <coughs> balloons and there were like more of them than he used but but generally the <laughs> science was pretty good alright I'm I'm prepared to go above Ratatouille I'm perhaps prepared to go above Wally. It really is hitting a ceiling at Toy Story, though. Okay, okay. I'll, that seems like... For now, nice. we'll place it in third. You wanted it under Ratatouille. I wanted it above Monsters, Inc. We've gone right in I've gone up two. You've We've gone down two. Okay, that seems fair. That seems fair. All I'm, right. Nothing if I'm not reasonable. Now, uh, if you were worried about the Pixar canon, you may have been a bit worried with Toy Story 3. I was worried when I heard about Toy Story 3. Mm. Seemed like a bit of a... An attempt, just using the name for money, uh, it had been a while since the Toy Story series had been out. Huge marketing potential. Yes, I wasn't the hugest fan of Toy Story 2. I was a little worried. Make a movie about toys, you can then sell a lot of toys. Yes, that was was, uh, a large criticism of Toy Story, that it was just uh, toy marketing. Um, you have the first, I think, Lee Unkrich directing for the first time on his own. And they, they commissioned Michael Arndt, the Little Miss Sunshine Oscar-winning screenplay writer, to, to write it in. So they called some people from, some new people to help them on this one. Yes. Uh, so you could have been sceptical, even though I'm a, a, a Little Miss Sunshine fan. Yeah. I was blown away by Toy Story 3. I thought it was... The story was great. It was well-paced. It was emotional. There were a number of times that I I actually felt on the edge of my seat. I think it gave a great number of nods to the original watches of Toy Story 1 and 2. Like the skill tester. A big skill tester (laughs) nod. (laughs) Huge skill tester nod. Like... The define... It it defined the first two films. It needed to make an appearance in the film. What an appearance it made. Arguably... The very climax of the movie was skill tester related, correct? 
I I'm I would agree with that. Yeah. For me, I think the older viewers like uh, yourself and I that was were younger when we watched the original. I think it gave uh, a lot of nods, both in terms of Toy Story references and also just in older humor things. A lot of great moments, like the Spanish buzz. Ken and Barbie were great. The... I thought Ken and Barbie were a little uh, little DreamWorks. <laughs> A little, just get some characters in there. That I assume DreamWorks is just generally used as like a negative adjective. <laughs> it's it's a media it's a mediocre ad- adjective. <laughs> I feel like yeah. that was sort of like just in there for easy comedy. I think it, I think it could have been overused. Uh, I don't think you could make a uh, short film about it and put that before <laughs> Cars Two and expect it to be top Toy Story quality. But I Sorry. think its use in Toy Story Three was. At a level, it was okay. That I was yeah, it with. didn't take away from the film, but I'd say that if I had to pick a weak element of the film, that's where I go. Um, I think uh, Mr. Tortilla Head. There were a lot of great moments in Very this film. Movie. The ending, I think, was buzz in Spanish. Uh, I must say that that seemed a little, a little, little too easy comedy as well. You seem to just be naming things that I liked. <laughs> uh, so I'm not sure how. Uh, <laughs> that was what right. my follow up is supposed to yeah. be. <laughs> Despite my expectations, I think this was my favourite of the Toy Story series. I'd agree. I would agree with that. And Despite disagreeing with everything I said previous to my conclusion, you agree with my conclusion. I agree with your conclusion. I agree with that. One question. The bit where they are in the garbage dump and they all hold hands, probably one of the most mature scenes we've seen from a kid's family film where the character, these toys are sort of facing their own mortality. And did you think they were going to die? I did not. But a lot, of, a lot of people have said that. They thought, oh, I really thought they were going to die. And, of course, you could have just been so caught up in the film that you thought this was the case. For me, I knew this is, you know, a kid's film. They're not going to die. But what I did believe is the characters believed they were going yes, to die. Definitely. And I think the way they deal with that in the film was very well done, and I was still affected emotionally by it, even though I, I myself didn't think they were going to die. My head knew that there's no way they were going to die, but for a few seconds there, I did not know how they were going to get out of that. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, oh man, don't tell me they're really going to kill these. There's no way they're really going to kill these characters. Uh, so I knew they weren't, but it, I was a bit curious, and they brilliantly get them out of it with a classic joke. Use comedy to completely undercut the moment. Kudos. I'm thinking very high. I'm thinking very high too. I'm thinking... Uh, I've said above Toy Story. So this, it's either one or two, Monsters, Inc. or Toy Story 3. Yeah. If we want to make waves, Monsters, Inc. at the top. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I'm not sure. I, I'm happy either way. Like, I don't mind it being on top or below Monsters, Inc. Putting Toy Story 3 number one perhaps seems a little reactionary, seeing as it was so recent. Do I put it at two for now and we'll review at the end? I think putting Monsters, Inc. number one is just is equally controversial. <laughs> I would argue that putting Monsters, Inc. number one is very controversial. <laughs> Not necessarily wrong, though. Jesus was controversial in his day. So we're appealing to the both the, the fans of Jesus and the fans of gay and lesbian community. <laughs> yes. Uh, what? Uh, Not that those are mutually exclusive. No. In no way did that sentence imply that. No. So where do you want? Where do you want? I could go either way on this one. I'm thinking Toy Story three number one. Okay, let's do it. Let's just keep that. But for now. you could you could discuss me out of it. Yeah. There you go. Um. Right. Now. Uh. Pixar, we were sceptical about Toy Story 3. And Pixar showed us they can do sequels pretty amazing. It's just made the top of our list. Therefore, I wasn't too concerned about Cars 2. I probably didn't think it was going to be the best one. But I thought, oh well, I I was sceptical in the past. They can do sequels. They wouldn't do a sequel unless it was good. I trust, I trust Pixar. I'm going to trust them on this one. It is interesting to me why they chose Cars 2 to do the sequel of seeing as it was the the cars of the Pixar family. <laughs> uh, it seemed to me, I think, my guess would be that there is great uh, merchandising potential oh my in gosh. cars. Even like two years ago, before the uh, the 
new movie was sort of announced or anything, you could still get a ridiculous amount of Cars merchandise left over from the first movie. Kids are always going to want car yeah, toys, toys. Except you need to be the kid with the Cars car. Yeah. And uh, I think that perhaps factored into it. The other That the other... was the only factor. <laughs> <laughs> the other potential factor would be that they wanted to sort of erase that semi-black mark on the record. A great sequel to Cars 2 would perhaps... Oh, I like that. Um, would perhaps... Uh... Well, then you can't get mad at Cars 1, because without Cars 1, there wouldn't have been a Cars 2. It becomes a great film in people's mind, because it led to something amazing. That is flawless logic. <laughs> that is really smart. Like I, I like that. In saying that, though, Cars 2 needs to be good. Yes. For that. Or else, or else it also seems to bring Cars down, the original Cars down further. It seems to be a bit of a polarising strategy. Yeah, it's a risk. And uh, you are risking uh, really cutting off one of the two legs of anyone trying to defend Cars in the Pixar canon if you do a bad job. I think this was an ambitious film. It took uh, ambitions for reasons we've already said. Story-wise, it's taking a, a James Bond spy film and adding it to the 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 base idea of, of the racing, combined with a large amount of uh, the I- identity issues relating to to Mater. Trying to combine those three, I, I thought was quite ambitious. Plus a, a big environmental message. Yes, I barely noticed that. <laughs> it's just the little they slip that in subtly. Uh, as soon as it turned out that that opening secret agent scene was not a dream, <laughs> which is really what I was banking on at the beginning, or some movie they were watching, I would have. I was then very bit, concerned. I disagree. I felt that would have been a bit of a cop out because it it would seem pointless for that to go on so long if it had nothing to do with the film. I oh, definitely, like... definitely. But at least you can get past that and focus on a new movie. I think. I think the the spy story. A Pixar spy story to me sounds very intriguing. Yes. Mixing that in with the Cars story... <laughs> is where you have the disaster. Still intriguing, but you're a little suspect. Then just doing it poorly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is definitely, definitely a bad idea. Like, they really thought, we want to do another Cars movie... But they didn't have another Cars story, so they got a script for a spy movie and just put the Cars characters in it. An average spy story yes. and an average Cars movie. If you want to do a spy movie, do a spy movie. Don't do a Cars movie. This going all around the world. I think that was a mistake, and it meant that every new country they go to is accompanied by a montage of those characters enjoying the new country and pretty much just fitting as many stereotypes about that country as they can into a montage. Yeah, I felt the little the first Cars film was a little montage heavy and Cars 2 suffered from it as well. Yeah. I think Cars 1 you can at least say that that was giving you a lot of that uh that sort of the culture of car racing and the culture of sort of the road trip I think this was just, hey, let's put a lot of funny stuff together about Japan, like, or France, or whatever. That, that was my problem. I think the uh, message in Cars 1, although not subtle at all, at least they worked it into the story. Mm. I think the discussion of renewable energy in Cars 2 really didn't play an important part in the story either. It, no. They just felt... 2011, global warming, da-da-da-da, we're talking about cars, this is something we got to do. Yeah. And just said it, as opposed to and it already, flowing through the story. And they'd already sort of covered that with Wally, like a good message about the environment. Not the same message, but like, in Wally, they did that okay. I think it was stronger in Wally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't... I think the other thing where cars went wrong was, as I was discussing with Cars 1, I think the idea of cars has limitations. Uh, that they've got doors, no one can sit in them. Like the same scientific cars, flaws, logic all, all flaws. All these scientific the flaws. It works if you don't think about them too much, right? It works if you don't think about them too much. In the world of cars, that's just how it is. Just just focus on the races and stuff. 
I feel like they introduced so much in this movie that just made you think about... So, uh, cars have planes, like, and those planes are also people, and the cars ride in planes and on boats, but people don't ride in the cars. Like, I feel like, and sort of international travel, and you think about it being a whole world of cars, like, I feel like it really made me think about the flaws in the science more than the first film did, where maybe it was something funny to talk about. They, the cars did have quite advanced technology for a civilization that doesn't have proper hands. Yeah. I think there were some... I think you would have issues with some of the fine digital microchips involved in some of that technology when you have wheels instead of opposable thumbs. Yes. So I'm glad I've stored up some, some arguing credit. Yeah. In order to... We'll start... I'll start by putting Cars 2 at number one, and we'll see how far you can argue me down. <laughs> so you've got Cars at number one. I've got Cars 2 number one. Okay, the best Pixar film of all The time. best Pixar film of all time. Okay. Um, I disagree. Um, well... All right, you've brought me around. <laughs> I see what you're saying. Twelve. Number twelve the bottom. on the list. Easily. I mean, I think we should perhaps get a new piece of paper in order to, you know, represent <laughs> so how low you, you down You want a high, is. middle, low, cars too. Yes, those are the categories. <laughs> the categories. I, I will be honest. There are even DreamWorks films that are better than Cars 2. <laughs> it, it lived up to, the, to its name of being the cars of the Pixar family. Yeah. Yeah, because I read something like a year ago saying that they are paranoid of failure over there. Then they shouldn't have released Cars 2. Yeah, this was... I, I I heard something from Pixar. Again, these are all things I remember reading on the internet. I don't know what sources are and stuff. But I remember reading that Pixar, uh, they would only make a sequel when they had a good story. How did this even get past the first, like, the conceptual stage is what I want to know. Considering that sentence, it's it's broken down somewhere. Either they never really said that, your anonymous internet source never really said that, <laughs> or you're just lying, because clearly Cars 2 did not fulfil that, requirement. that and, requirement. And it would be very easy to tell, I feel, that this was not going to be a great movie. Here's a question for you. Will this film get nominated for Best Animated Feature at the Academy Awards? I Not win, but get nominated. I think it'll get nominated. I think it will get nominated yep. based on the on merit or the Pixar name? I think mainly the Pixar name, but I, I don't know. I don't know. Due to lack of merit on Cars 2 behalf. It is very bad uh, for Pixar, but it's still not a terrible movie. No, I think if we check the Metacritic ratings, I think it was in the 50s. Yeah. Like, I've seen worse films nominated for Best Animated pix- Picture, and they weren't Pixar. Were they DreamWorks? <laughs> uh, Shark Tale. Shark Tale got nominated. <laughs> uh, yeah. You were the kid that got the Shark Tale toys for Christmas. no. no. <laughs> So I think it, the fact that it's Pixar and the fact that worse films are being nominated, I think, will mean it gets in. So let's go over the list that we have and okay. finalise our rankings. Okay. okay. The official rankings. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, at number, do you want to go up? We'll start from the bottom. Start from the bottom. Bottom, Cars 2. No surprise. None. Then Cars. I, I don't... I think... Some people would have assumed before this that we just would have put Cars and Cars 2 at the bottom. But I think, I think we gave Cars fair play. Yes, and I think there is such a huge chasm between Cars and Cars 2. Yes. I feel a little bit bad for Cars. It has to be that close to Cars I, 2. I feel bad ranking. that we didn't get another piece of paper. Yeah. We'll put the, the, the DreamWorks list <laughs> on the other sheet of paper and Cars 2... Somewhere somewhere in the DreamWorks canon. So, oh, apologies to Dream, anyone who works with DreamWorks <laughs> listening to this. You make good movies, they're just no Pixar. Like, So we've got 12 cars to 11 cars, 10... Bugs Life. A Bugs Life. 9 Toy, Toy Story, Story 2. 2. I'm fine with that. 
I yeah, it's it is. I'm a big fan of the Toy Story series, but it was the weakest. Eight The Incredibles. I expected that to come a little higher, yeah. but uh, some people, someone liked Finding Nemo, <laughs> which brings us to seven. Finding seven, Nemo. Finding Nemo. Uh, I would have liked that to be a little higher, but someone didn't like Finding Nemo. Six Ratatouille. I'm kind of br- glad that broke the top half because yep. mm. Ratatouille people liked, but I don't think uh, Ratatouille has sort of the quite the fan following that a, a lot of other Pixar mm-hmm. films did. Yep. So I, I'm glad that that made the top half. Mm-hmm. Five Wally. I think some people on on other less professional, less official <laughs> lists, Wally could have rated higher. Some people put Wally one. I would imagine. Outrageous. Yeah. Number four. I'm happy with that. Three, Toy Story. I wouldn't put it that high. Are you... Do you want to argue the the placement of Up over Toy Story? And I do understand it's the first, and I think that gives it some credit. So I, I think I, it, it, Toy Story has stood the test of time. It has. I, do, I don't think we will be quoting Up uh, five years from now. So Up's a bit more subtle. Toy Story's got more of your catchphrase sort of uh, type, <laughs> type humour. Okay, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> two, Monsters, Inc. Big fan of Monsters, Inc. I love Monsters, I'm very Inc. happy to see it at number two. Yeah. Perhaps number one. Yeah. I think the real discussion should be Toy Story 3 versus Monsters, Inc. Looking at the list. Yeah, the, on any list, your the we, placement, your number one choice. What do is we key. want to be known for having at the top of this list? I think we should look at this in a vacuum. Yes, I agree. As opposed to, uh, you know, whether there's too many Toy Stories at the top, yeah, or yeah, yeah. I how people respond to it. I agree. I think we should just base our decision purely on: did we prefer Toy Story three or Monsters Inc? Yes. There are a number of reasons to pick. I mean, Toy Story 3, for me, is the flagship. I mean, just all the Toy Story series is the flagship yeah. of the Pixar. Yes. Monsters, Inc. is definitely your very left-field choice. Yeah, it feels like Toy Story 3 belongs there. Gun to my head. I'd probably say Monsters, Inc. Who has the gun? <laughs> like, what, what, are, what do you think their expectations are? Is this playing... Is this having an influence on your decision? Like, is he wearing, like, a Monsters, Inc. t-shirt? <laughs> no, it's a neutral party. It's, uh... It's, uh... Yeah, it's Wally. It's Wally with the gun to my head. <laughs> He's in character. Yeah. You've been polluting. Yeah. What would you show? Gun to your head. Neutral party. Which one do you think's a better movie? I'm tempted to pick Monsters, Inc. However, I think as a story, the themes, the emotional moments, the comedic moments, it's not quite as edgy, but I'm, I'm leaning towards Toy Story 3. Okay, let's do it. Lock it in. Toy Story 3, number one Pixar film of all time. Cars yeah. 2, the worst. Uh, I think probably worth noting in, in Pixar discussion, uh, cannot go without a reference to... Uh, the great John Ratzenberger, a.k.a. Cliff Clavin. Unlike the Pixar films, he has sort of just risen as the series has <laughs> gone on. Yes. Perhaps not in screen time. No. But in quality. So he has been in every single Pixar movie, John Ratzenberger. So I think the next Pixar film should be Cliff Clavin, the animated feature. I would love that. Now I've got a question about John Ratzenberger. He's been great in all the Pixar's, a very important part of all the movies. When John Ratzenberger dies, which will have to be a very long time from now, will they continue to make Pixar films? Should they continue to make Pixar films? Hopefully they have enough voice recorded that they can just digitally reproduce that. I think they should be getting, and hopefully they're doing this, getting John Ratzenberger to read lines, just very generic lines, uh, into a computer that can be used for many years to come. For when he does die, they've got a lot of on-stock John Ratzenberger lines for characters. I heard he's sitting in front of a dictionary right now. <laughs> he's somewhere about around F or G. Yeah. 
and they're hoping to lock that down <laughs> before the end. That is good. Because, to be honest, I don't know if it's worth doing Pixar without John Ratzenberger. I think it could be... I think, I think what we're trying to say here is that after Cars 2, Pixar's only potential saviour is John Ratzenberger. I agree. I agree. Well, we've discussed Pixar. In conclusion. Yeah. Toy Story 3, number one. Monsters, Inc. are very close, number two. Some other films. Cars 2, number 12. John Ratzenberger for president. Yes. I've been Jonathan Cook. I'm Matt Noble. And we'll catch you in the DreamWorks podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We're, We're not doing that. No, we're not doing a DreamWorks podcast.